the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Training Group, and our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. And, man, we got a great show lined up for you. Tons of, of news out there. We'll get to it all. We had GDP out. <laughs> I don't even believe it. it I'll wait. I'll wait for it. Let's just say, again, once again, we've been telling you uh, there's been a major shift in the economy. Uh, we were right once again. Uh, yesterday, uh, Jason threw out this crazy thing that, hey, maybe a lot of these ships really don't have anything in it. And I, I'm not I'm not making this up, but within a couple of hours, a new, new story broke that, yes, apparently, uh, I don't know how many of these ships uh, actually have nothing but empty containers on it. So we'll, we'll share it all with you. Uh, and, and so much more. So we got a great show lined up for you. Yesterday I was talking about, hey, we're going to have our CBD sale. And, and it is on now. Uh, if you go to 1360KHNC.com, go to the shopping cart button. Uh, when you order your CBD, if you put our call letters at the radio station, KHNC, KHNC, put that in the promo code box, you'll save $5. We are going to run that. Until we, we, the until my kind is out of all of the CBD things that they could pr- produce at a lower cost, and then uh, there's going to be a price increase coming. Uh, so please order and then save. And I want to share with you a new, uh, an article out of the medical news today. And it involved a, a woman, there was a study with a woman in her 80s. She had lung cancer. And she refused uh, regular treatment, right, which I, I'm assuming would be, uh, you know, chemotherapy and all that other stuff. Uh, but she was taking CBD. And it's very, very interesting in the article talking about it's exactly the CBD that my kind makes. And they said that uh, her cancer, her lung cancer, the tumors were reducing in size. Of course, now listen, they, they said, well, we can't say it was the CBD per se, right? because, you know, we, we don't want to admit that. Uh, but, but uh, you know, this is why we have a, a prominent doctor here that uh, is a cancer doctor. He prescribes uh, my kind to his patients. Uh, if you're fighting any type of cancer or anything like that, give it a shot. T-O-T, same thing. But they did highlight things that they are now saying CBD can absolutely help you with. Nerve function, which was kind of interesting because we, we've noted a lot of people that are, you know, got like uh, 
these pain in their hands or their knees or things of that nature, how it helps. They say it helps with appetite, something I didn't know. Uh, metabolism, pain, which, you know, I've been a big component of. They say it actually helps with emotion. We've had a lot of our customers say that they take the salve and, and put it on their forehead and it helps with their anxiety. Uh, inflammation, that's a big one. Inflammation for sure. Immune response and sleep, another one that uh, a lot of our customers have been talking about. So if you're dealing with any of those, try it. Try it. Uh, use the promo code KHNC. Save five bucks. And like I said, uh, we're giving you fair warning. A price increase is coming uh, when the sale ends. Uh, but Jason, I got to give you an attaboy. Apparently, you're not as crazy as I thought you were uh, because after you made that comment about those ships, all of a sudden, bam, there's an article out saying that the port in Los Angeles, they can't, they don't know what how to deal with all of these empty storage containers, Jason. And that a lot of, uh, I don't know about a lot, but there are multiple ships out there that have nothing but empty containers on them. Yeah, Joe, and, and we don't know what this means until we you know, keep watching what's happening. And my wife is the one that, that came up with the theory. And so I'll, I'll take credit for bringing it to the air. Uh, she's the one that asked the question as we were driving the night before uh, back from dinner. And, I mean, Joe, there's so many things that this, this could, could be. And one thing that comes to my mind is, is uh, what if China's just not producing as much stuff? Their, their markets are getting ready to crash themselves. And don't bring us your empty containers. We have nothing to send back to you. Uh, that's one thing you could think of. There's, there's so many uh, avenues as to why this is going to be a huge problem for people, Joe. Well, it's, it's very interesting. They're, they're saying uh, that the port at L.A. Long Beach, that's the largest port in the world, 40% of the freight comes in there, thousands of empty containers are en route to the port of Los Angeles from the ports from the East Coast. So I, I'm like, well, why wouldn't they just send them back there? I, I don't quite understand they said over the last several weeks, up to 2,000 empty containers from the port of Charleston, South Carolina, Savannah, Georgia, New Orleans, Houston, all were heading to the port of L.A. And I'm thinking, okay, well, there's one, two, three, four. That, that's at least four ships, right? You know, just start adding them up here. The biggest hurdle we see in the market, they're saying, is the inability to return the empty containers. They're saying that customers whose warehouses can receive goods, but there's a lack of space in the yards uh, due to stranded empty storage containers. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk a little more about that, and then we'll talk about how bad was third quarter GDP. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, and uh, we're talking about the the huge situation in Los Angeles, and and finally uh, people are starting to ask the actual truckers, the actual port workers, and we're starting to find out this is a story uh, that is a much different story than was originally being portrayed. 
uh, we, we know this. And I only know it because of, of uh, what the American shipper uh, reporting uh, Los Angeles, the port there, is the empty container dumping ground in the country. Matter of fact, even Canada sends all of their empty containers to the port of Los Angeles. And the truckers are saying, listen, we're showing up with an empty. There's no room. There's only a finite supply of spots to put an empty container. And they're full. So the truckers are like, we can't get the empty one off of our truck to go get a full one. And they're saying that, you know, and I asked the question, well, why why wouldn't all these ports send their stuff back to China from there? And the answer is apparently... Uh, the, the route, it's the fastest route. I mean, it makes sense, right? Okay, California's closer. Uh, and it's the fastest way uh, to, to, to do it. So a lot of these trains, too, you see these massive trains that are a mile long, and they got all these containers on them. Uh, if they're heading west, chances are they're all empty, uh, according to this uh, report. They're saying that, Despite the Biden administration's claims of the ports operating 24-7, according to the Port of Los Angeles, 50% of weekend appointments go unused. In other words, okay, we could actually have 50% more boxes leave, but they go unused because there's not enough room or they don't know where the box is, or the truck that's supposed to pick it up has it empty and we can't get it off. During the weekdays, that number gets a little better, not much. 30% of them go, are go, unempt, are, are go unused. And uh, apparently the, the, there's such a huge problem here. And here's what they're saying about cost. That the ships, hate taking the empties because they don't make as much money as a full one. But still, if you're going back to China, right, anyway, why not get some money, throw the empties on, and make the delivery? And, and then this morning, we kind of got the other side of it, Jason. They, they actually interviewed anonymously a half a dozen port workers in Los Angeles, and they're saying that the ports are such a mess. Go figure that they spend half of their time actually trying to find where the containers are that need to be loaded for that day. Because it's so full and things are everywhere that instead of unload, they actually got to stop unloading ships. Because whatever needs to be picked up that day got buried, so they got to go and, and restack the, I guess... Just think about it. Restack the containers to find the ones that need to go out for that day. And then the other thing they're saying is on these new mega ships, you you need like eight cranes could operate at once to unload them. But the, the ports are like, we can't operate that. The port's not designed to operate that way. And, and he's saying it's been such a mess. There, uh, a lot of these ships are only being emptied by two cranes. One ship 
takes on average, was taken on average a little over three days to unload. But because the ports are so congested, so full of empties, so packed in there, they're now saying to get one ship cleared, it's taking over a week. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, two things. Two, two, two things. Uh, you're almost describing like uh, my, my son Jack and me when I was a kid. We, I used to buy Legos. You used to collect Legos, right? And then when you go to like build something, you have to go through this enormous pile of, of separate pieces to find the thing you're looking for. <laughs> so it sounds like somebody didn't put their Legos back the way they were supposed to, and now there's a mess. The other thing, Joe, is there's no accidents. This is not happening by accident. There's too many control monsters in the the economic process of the world. This does this stuff does not happen on accident. Just that's just me. Somebody wants this to happen, Joe. Yeah, and and the port workers are saying uh, something's got to give. Right, we can't keep working like this. Uh, they're they're saying uh, that. They've never seen anything like it. The, the ship's uh, taking forever to unload. Nobody knows where the cargo is. There's empty. Yeah, so the process oh, used to take 3.6 days uh, to unload, and now it takes well over a week. Uh, and, and, again, I don't know. They're saying that there's 30 cent, 30% more traffic, Jason, 28% less workers. Right, and uh, part of that traffic, from what they're saying, is, is all the empties showing up. So uh, I could I could see uh, how stressful that would be for these guys trying to trying to do this job. And uh, why, you know, something you didn't read is they're not they're not talking about how get, they're going to get those empties out of there. Why why isn't that the why wasn't that talked about? When are the empties leaving? Why aren't the empties right. leaving? I didn't hear that one well, in the you article. Would think, listen, you unload, and you would think you reload the ship with empties and send it back. Right. Or more appropriately, you load our stuff going to China, which we don't really do. Well, that was the other thing, by the way. So let's talk GDP. You're, you're right on it. GDP third quarter. Uh, we've been updating you, uh, especially in the last 45 days, about how Goldman Sachs and everybody else started lowering uh, their predictions and lowering them and lowering them. Remember, uh, just 90 days ago, they were talking about 8%. Then they said, you know, well, 5.5%. And then it was 5%. And then it was 4%. GDP came in at 2%. And, and I'm scratching my head at this number. I have a hard time. How can, how can that be possible? If we have fake inflation running at 5.5%, just to stay even, we would need GDP of 5.5%, right? That would be, well, everything, prices went up 5.5%. If we bought the same amount of stuff, then 5.5% would be uh, a flatline number. But, Jason, you made the argument we're actually crashing. So 2% growth with, you know, with, and again, what they're saying is 5.5% inflation, that's like a crash. Absolutely. I mean, 2 to 5%, that's, what is that? That's only 40%. <laughs> of the uh of the inflation yeah it's almost like a 60 percent crash <laughs> i mean as far as dollars going out and dollars coming in that's a lot yeah it, it really is uh, a very interesting thing when you look at it and, and jason said hey why don't we send all the all the stuff that we make to china back on these ships right like you know i'm sitting there saying hey empty the sh- unload the ship put the empties on it 
Jason makes a great point. Well, first, let's put our stuff that we're selling to them on it. And one of the big things in the GDP report, the amount of goods leaving the United States, in other words, exporting out, uh, has fallen off of a cliff. Uh, they're saying that there's been a major downshift, which goes along with Jason's story, saying, hey, listen, if China's slowing down, that just means they're going to be buying less stuff. And right now, that's exactly uh, what the GDP report is saying. They had 2% economic growth. One of the biggest detractors of GDP was the fact that the United States exports fell off a cliff, Jason. Yeah, what little they were already buying from us went went to less than that. And uh, let's face it, China has got, you know, over a billion people going towards two billion people and uh even if they just buy a little bit that's a lot and uh, if, if those two billion people don't want our stuff that's a lot of shipping containers ain't going out joe yeah and and it's it's something where when you were we're seeing all of this and watching all of this uh play out here and and all of a sudden we realize oh wait a minute uh here's a big part of the problem you know why there's empty containers everywhere because uh, the Chinese have stopped buying stuff from us. Right, and, I'll, and i got to go back to this number, which is uh, Evergrande is crashing. They're going to go into default. They're, they're number one and number three housing companies are also intertwined with, with Evergrande. It's, it's, a, it's a big Ponzi scheme. They're, they're housing. And they're housing, here's the thing. With our housing crash in 2008 to, through 2010, you could say maybe uh, uh, housing property was about – maybe 8% of our total uh, GDP. You know, uh, I think we're at 6% now. That's what, has, you know, our equities, our, our stock markets way, is way bigger, way bigger. Well, in China, it's, it's reversed. 29% of their entire economy is housing. And if this is all crashing, I mean, that's 29, Joe, that's 29% of their economy could be crashing right now. And look what happened to the whole world when 8% of our GDP was crashing in 2008. It, it could be massive. I don't think people realize how massive. how massive this massive. is going to be. Well, and you know, one of the interesting things in the report too, which another thing Jason has been talking about, we've been talking about how Walmart, Target, Amazon, Kroger, right? These they bought up everything. The change in inventories added two percent, two point oh seven percent to GDP in the third quarter. So if inventories at the warehouses had stayed the same, GDP would have been zero. So the biggest uh, contributor, that was actually a, contributed more to GDP this quarter than consumer spending, Jason. Wow. Yeah, so, and, and that's if all these numbers are actually correct, because <laughs> I've, I've, uh, I've heard reports that the warehouses aren't full, and I've heard reports that the warehouses are completely packed and full. So, I mean, that, that can change that, Joe, very dramatically, depending on what's actually happening. Yep, and then, of course, uh, what I was talking about, durable goods, and really the, the uh, taking a, a, a negative 2.7% off of GDP, uh, and again, the, the biggest issue there is exports falling off a cliff. The trade deficit, uh, it's the highest single number that I remember seeing. It was uh, in the month 
of September, $93.6 billion in a single month. That's the amount of wealth that left the United States via trade. $93.6 billion. That would be $1.1 trillion plus if we did that every single month. Yeah, and Joe, and Joe, one thing that we talk about, and, and you hear on, on the, the national news, is that we don't make stuff anymore. We don't, you know, we don't produce, but we're still the number one by GDP uh, economy in the, in the whole world. We still do make stuff and send stuff out. So it's, it's not like it's not like we're, we're England or some smaller European nation. We we still produce a lot of stuff. We send a lot of stuff out. I mean, yeah, it's way less than we used to, but. If we stop sending stuff out, this this it's not good for the for the world and especially this country. Yeah, and you bring up a great point because I gotta believe, and I don't know this to be true. Okay, so I want to say that I'm speculating when I say this. Though. I gotta believe we're the second largest producer. Right? I mean, China's number one. Yep. Okay. Right, and, and by a large margin. But I gotta think we we gotta be pretty close, right? I mean. Yep. We're bigger than Germany. We're bigger than France. I mean, you got to think about these other economies. You know, Japan maybe, but Japan's economies like five trillion. Well, we have a massive amount of commodities, Joe. We still have a lot of land that's untapped. A lot of a lot of commodities leave this country. So we, we still produce a lot of actual physical commodities. So uh, I mean, that, that's not going to change as long as America still mines and produces things out of the ground, Joe. Yeah, and, and crops as well. Pedro Radio News Hour. Uh, we got gold moving again. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Pedro Radio News Hour. Uh, gold's up six, seven bucks here. Eighteen oh five. Silver up unchanged here at twenty four, but twenty four twenty. Uh, the Dow is up today. Uh, they love bad GDP numbers, I guess. I don't know. Uh, we did have pending home sales out. Uh, that one missed badly. Uh, uh, home sales uh, appears now that they're going to slow again. And it normally does at this time of year, right? It's the holidays. Holiday season's coming up. Uh, so that would probably be uh, expected. The big thing to watch, I'll tell you right now, we haven't even seen the beginning of this run on crude. And and I'm warning you, I'm going to give you another warning about it. This isn't going to be that spike that we saw in 08, 09 that was caused by uh, 10 different factors, right? Uh, Remember Libya? was in civil war and was shipping out no oil. Iran, we just had punished them with the nuclear-type agreement, and they weren't allowed to export any oil. We had a bunch of hurricanes come through, and and it caused this, this brief moment where we saw this spike in crude oil. And we haven't seen the likes of it since. This time, we're going to see the spike, and then it's going to stay there. Uh, The Biden administration, absolutely horrible. Think about some of the things. Just think about it. They want to get rid 
of, of cars and, and fossil fuels and all this stuff by 2050. They don't want any investment uh, in crude oil whatsoever. Uh, Shell, Royal Dutch Shell, huge oil company. They actually, think about this, they missed earnings with 80-plus dollar oil. And activists are out there, and and listen, they're parading them all over CNBC and everything, wanting to break it up, saying that they they have too big of a carbon footprint, and we need to break up Royal Dutch Shell. Of course, what they really want is, hey, put a bunch of crazy activists on the boards, which is exactly what all the major oil companies have been doing uh, there's not enough investment. Now, uh, the, we've had oil. Oil's gone down from Wednesday. Right? They said that, uh, and remember, I gave you the details of it. Cushing, Oklahoma, one of the largest drops, weekly drops ever in Cushing, which is where we need the oil. For two reasons. Number one, the Biden administration, uh, Jan Pasaki or Jen Pasaki, whatever her name is, Uh, They're saying, listen, the president, you know, he's begging OPEC to produce more oil. That sounds good if you're an idiot. If you're an idiot, then you think that sounds good. Oh, yeah, look, he's trying. We can't do anything with that oil. You know that the United States doesn't really hardly get any oil at all from Saudi Arabia? I mean, it's, it's so far down the list, it's insignificant. Most of this, almost all of Saudi's oil goes to one place, China. That's where it goes. Uh, but we're out there. Look how weak we're looking. Remember when Trump was like, "Hey, we're going to be energy independent." All of the all of the stuff Trump put in has been reversed. All of it. And Jason, it's now going the other way. And here's the problem: the amount of oil that we the, that we can produce. When you start going out, well, what can we do in 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025? Is at such a downward trajectory, these prices are never coming down. And it really shouldn't be that way, Joe. It really shouldn't. But uh, I remember how many weeks ago it was it when uh, Biden went to Saudi Arabia to, to ask for some, some help, and then uh, they gave the help to India and China. <laughs> remember that one? <laughs> right. Right. Remember that? They lowered their price a little bit because they wanted more market. And, and you're right. India is another one of the, the, the major consumers. And again, it, it, and a lot of this is about refining. There's only certain types of crude that we refine here. And if you don't have that refiner, that crude is worthless. Shouldn't you just build more refineries, Joe? Well, that's not going <laughs> to. See? That's like burning a coal. That's like building a coal-fired a coal-fired power plant. That is not happening. I know, but it should. There's there's plenty of, of cheap energy in the ground. There, there's, there's no oil shortages out there. But, uh, yeah, the, well, we got to make it scarce. we got to make the oil prices go up because, you know, there's just so little of it out there for us to have. But it's it's insane, Joe. There, there should be plenty of oil and plenty of energy. And, uh, yeah, of course, the green energy thing is, is going to – cause all of us small folk to have to pay, you know, $8 a gallon in the future for something that's, there's an inexhaustible amount in the ground. Yeah, and we're all, listen, here in Arizona, we're, we're 350, 360, 370. I mean, if you found, 
maybe there's a station here or there that's at 340. I I will not be shocked if we add a dollar from that. That's very very possible. You know, and imagining you know, think about if Arizona's paying four and a half dollars, what's California paying? Right. Six, right. Seven. Right. And 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 all of this again. People that, I don't know what they're looking at. Listen, I love it. Hey, great. Green energy is a great thing. But you just can't come out and say, you know what, that's it. No more gas cars, no more this, no more that. And then we can't even support it. And now, because of what's happening now, the oil companies, listen, it's just like a gold mine. Let's just, you know, gold goes to 5,000. There's a there, there's some gold in the ground over here in the middle of nowhere. It takes five or ten years to get it up. Now, in oil, it may not take, may, may not take five or ten years, but it takes time to go from, well, we haven't even started the well to get the well. And, and of course, not just time, right? you got to have the material to do it with. you actually got to have the labor to do it with. And here in the United States, once again, in our genius wisdom, right, there's less and less oil field workers to even do the job. And the bottom line is the companies are spending less and less money in getting oil out of the ground, Jason. That's, yeah, you, you basically summed it up. Uh, you, you know, you, you got to have the supplies that the people need at plentiful so that the price is low. It's, well, you know, once again, classic supply and demand. I'm not increasing taxes on people making more than, or less than $400,000 a year. I'm just going to make you pay double and triple for gas, for utilities, for all that stuff. So don't worry. One way or the other, you're getting taxed. Take Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Uh, gold's up seven, eighteen oh six, eighteen oh seven. Now, uh, yesterday we ran twenty dollar liberties. At this ridiculous price of two thousand ninety five. We have like about forty of them left because I bought them all. We had, there was a hundred of them. Uh, I'm going to keep the gold's up another. And listen, when I bought them, just a full disclosure. Gold hit the low yesterday early in the morning of 1785. In pure dumb luck, I got this email. There there was 120s out there. We hadn't had any 20s in any quantity, and I just bought them all. And then gold just proceeded to, to rally uh, through that now. And so not, now you're like, well, it's a... from when I bought them yesterday. Uh, We've got the last 40 or so of them available. Same price. $2,095. You know, that's the the stone cold lead pipe lock of the week. I mean, already I can tell you uh, it's going to be at least $2,130. My guess is, it's just me guessing, uh, if we got golds around $1,810 tomorrow, uh, probably going to be back at that twenty-one fifty level, Jason. 
I think you're right, Joe. And 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 uh, it's, once again, I, I said it. I think it was yesterday, maybe two days ago. Buy gold now, and and a lot of guys, a lot of people, you'd love to buy it, and then it goes skyrocketing upwards after you buy it, and you feel really good about yourself. Better to be one year early on the buy than one day late. Uh, we don't know when things are going to snap, crackle, pop, and blow up in the markets. And uh, you're better. You're going to feel a lot more comfortable buying it uh, in this zone, Joe. This this ridiculous, you know, seventeen hundred fifty to nineteen hundred frame it's been in. It ain't going to matter if you bought it at seven. Yeah. Seventeen fifty, eighteen fifty, ain't gonna matter when when gold is four thousand, five thousand, ten thousand. No one's gonna care that you bought it at seventeen fifty or eighteen fifty, Joe. Absolute fantasy price. This is the we're still, you know, gold's just now coming out of, uh, and I, I'm gonna say like the kind of the end of the fantasy. I think third quarter GDP tells you a lot, which is, oh crap, the second the government stops sending checks out look what happened the difference is now we're dealing with raging inflation how about you know yesterday we told you how effective immediately costco just raised everyone's pay another dollar they just raised pay a dollar in february did it another dollar uh, effective immediately to 17 dollars. starbucks right after that starbucks that's it going to 17 Bank of America, listen, we're going to pay 21 and by 2025, we're going to pay 25 It's not enough. It's not enough. Here's another one. Wolf Richter, the guy's awesome. This is how bad uh, the inflation really is. In 16 of the largest 100 cities, by the way, these are one-bedroom apartments. It's actually, when, it's go, when you get to single-family rentals, it's way worse than this. One-bedroom apartments. 16 of the 100 largest, rent spiked 20 to 25% year over year. In 40 of the 100 cities, it spiked 15 to 25%. In 50 of the largest 100 cities, 10 to 25%. There was only 11 cities in the country where rents declined by any amount at all. And you know what you can probably throw on there? San Francisco, right? Portland, Seattle, right? I mean, there's a few that you can probably guess who they are. They said as a whole, one-bedroom apartments across the, the top 100 Cities in the country, which is basically any city of any size. I mean, even I think even Syracuse is on this list. That's how you know how far down it goes. Apartment rent for one bedroom apartments were up eleven point eight percent. The Federal Reserve's telling us that rents are up three point two percent. By by the way. Uh, and again, like I said, this is only the one bedroom. The number is actually worse for two and three bedrooms. And then if you throw single families in there, rentals, Jason, uh, it's just absolutely insane what's happened. And now you start thinking about why do all these employers, why all this, why do they got to give so, so these huge raises? And the answer is simple. People are like, wait a minute, I've been living here 
Uh, you know, and I did that story the other day. The rent was uh, $2,400. Now all of a sudden I'm going to sign my rent again. Now they want 3400 People got to live somewhere, right, Jason? They probably needed the raises a couple of years ago. And uh, what the government did is they, they sent out a bunch of free checks with the uh, shutdown for coronavirus. And, uh, well, no, they're not sending out as many checks now, and, and so they're, they're kind of nudging and pushing the uh, private businesses. Uh, not so private if it's a big corporation, but you know, you know what I mean, Joe. They, they have to go higher, and, and 17 ain't going to cut it. It's pretty obvious 17 is that's a very lackluster number for people to pay their bills. Yeah, it's crazy. Look at some of these places. These are one bedrooms. Uh, Irving, Texas. I don't even know where that is, but Irving, Texas. Uh, up 25%, $1,270. Mesa, Arizona, up 25%. Tampa, up 24%. Knoxville, Tennessee, up 24%. Glendale, Arizona, up 23%. Uh, New York was one uh, was the only one of the 10 most expensive markets uh, where rent spiked. And in New York, think about this, New York City, one-bedroom rent spiked uh, 22% year-over-year. Of course, they had dropped. They had the biggest drop during COVID, so that kind of made sense. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. I guess I was wrong. Seattle actually rents went up. San Francisco they were actually flat. Uh, Chesapeake, Virginia, Newark, New Jer- Jersey. I've been to Newark. You don't want to live there. Minneapolis. Nobody wants to live there. Uh, th- those led the way in declines. By the way, Denver up twenty one percent. Colorado Springs up twenty one percent. Aurora, Colorado, Jason up twelve percent. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, uh, well, uh, things are getting more expensive all around, and this is why Patriot Trading Group does what we do because uh, that, that, that nest egg, that savings that you have, that, that money that you're, you're holding for that rainy day, uh, you don't want it to be eaten away with this fraudulent, uh, corrupt money system the Federal Reserve has put together. And uh, we offer that protection for you, Joe. It's, uh, it's that simple. Yeah, absolutely. And guess what? Housing property taxes huge increase we've got to remember the more the house is worth the bigger the tax bills come in uh it, it's just everybody it seems like everybody's in our wallets right now it doesn't matter I'm, I'm going to the gas pump i gotta get tires on the car i gotta get the uh air conditioner on the car serviced or whatever any anything car service related through the roof uh, they, then you, you know you're filling it up at the pump. You go, you're going to the grocery store. Uh, even the uh, have you seen the prices at the drive-throughs now? Really yeah. starting. Yep. Just all of a sudden, I'm like, what? And Joe, that's uh, what that's what scared me the most about unrealized profits that you brought up because it's it's just for the richest for now. But when it, it trickles down to everybody, and you're and we have inflation, and your house price goes up, well, here comes some private property taxes coming from the federal government. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. The last of the twenties here. Scoop them up here. Two thousand ninety five at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. 
Uh, gold right now, 18.07. Silver, uh, 24.20. Uh, the Dow losing a little. It's still up today, but losing a little bit of steam here, up about uh, 100 points as GDP and pending home sales uh, both disappointed. Uh, GDP growth third quarter fell all the way down to 2%. Uh, one of the biggest falls, but it makes sense, right? We had that huge first and second quarter GDP numbers because remember the government was handing out all those checks now that the checks have stopped guess what we're left with we're left with dealing with the ramifications of all of the easy money and and the problem is it doesn't look like there's any any let up in sight you know the put it this way here's what I promise you rents are not going to go down 25 percent in February or March or June or August of next year. That's not going to happen. That's not how it works. Uh, rents are never coming back to where they were. Uh, I think Jason's right on housing, too. Housing prices never going to go back to where they were. Uh, and the reason simply is Wall Street owns too many of them now, Jason. And everything, all the the materials to build one has just become more expensive. You can't have, you can't sell existing homes for two hundred thousand dollars if what it costs to build a new one is four hundred thousand. It just ain't gonna happen. Yeah, there's a reason the average price is four hundred grand. Believe me, if home builders could build the house for a hundred thousand dollars, they wouldn't have to. They wouldn't sell it for four. They they, they we'll sell it for one twenty. We'll sell it for one twenty five. Yep. They can't build it for that they can't build it for two hundred thousand heck they probably can't build it for three hundred thousand Jason. yeah we, we don't even know what that exact cost is but i'm guessing they're they're either at or are breaching that three hundred thousand dollar price because you know lumber copper everything else in the whole world is more expensive half empty cup of joe show coming up next don't touch that dial Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.